In the name of God the Creator, God the Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning and welcome to Mayflower Congregational Church on this Independence Day. I'm Jonathan White, the interim senior pastor, and our staff is delighted that you have joined us this morning. The psalmist writes of worship. I will extol you, my God and Sovereign. I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is Adonai, the Lord, and greatly to be praised. The Lord's greatness is forever and ever. Amen. As the songs of freedom flow through our land this day, may we make joyful music and words of worship that fill our hearts. I'm sad to report that at 3 o'clock on Saturday morning, Thor White passed away from pancreatic cancer. A memorial service will be held here in the sanctuary sometime later after the COVID emergency is over. Our email system was hacked this week. Some of the names and addresses in our email list were stolen, and some of the staff addresses were stolen. The server is okay. The security is okay now. But if you receive an email message that asks you to buy a cash card or commit some other act of purchasing something and sending it physically to someone, or if you receive an email that asks you to click on a link, don't do it. It's not from us. Those are typical phishing scams, and we hope to be rid of those soon. Last week, we said goodbye to our beloved pastors, Mark and Lynn Barger Elliott. Our prayers go with them as they begin a new ministry at the House of Hope Presbyterian Church in St. Paul, Minnesota. Our Christian education team has begun a summer program called Mayflower Rocks. The team will offer videos on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram every week. Every segment will be aimed to teach young people about rocks in scriptures and how they represent strength and faithfulness. Please feel free to stop by the rock garden in the front of a church, say a prayer, take one of the rocks with you, or put your own rock there. Your church council is in the process of preparing a survey to determine the qualities and traits you would like to see in our next senior pastor. The council will also be forming a search committee. In the meantime, the Reverend Ruth Bell Olson and I will be serving as interim pastors during the interim period. If you received our Friday email, you can download the bulletin and follow along with our stream service. Or you can simply relax wherever you are and join us in worship. And no matter where you are on your journey of faith, no matter what challenges or joys you may be facing, no matter what context 
a theology that you follow, you are welcome here. This is a house of God. A God who invites you to experience love, forgiveness, goodness, and peace. It's Sunday morning, and it's time for church. together the bold statements. Holy One, we acknowledge your holiness and goodness to us. You are holy and good. On this weekend of commemorating freedom and the birth of our nation, we first and foremost celebrate our freedom in you. We are free. Because of Christ, we are a new creation. What a cause for joy and celebration. Let us celebrate. Come, let us worship you with all of our soul, mind, and strength. Amen.
today at this moment. Thank you. We do not always acknowledge this, and we live with stress and uncertainty. In these strange days of 2020, remind us of this hope. Remind us of the incredible abundance you offer. Help us to see you more clearly and follow you more closely. Amen.
It's from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 20, verses 16 through 42. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord call David's enemies to account. And Jonathan had David reaffirm his oath out of love for him, because he loved him as he loved himself. Then Jonathan said to David, Tomorrow is the new moon festival. You will be missed because your seat will be empty. The day after tomorrow, toward evening, go to the place where you hid when this trouble began and wait by the stone is El. I will shoot three arrows to the side of it as though I were shooting at a target. Then I will send a boy and say, go find the arrows. If I say to him, look, the arrows are on the side of you, bring them here. Then come, because as surely as the Lord lives, you are safe, there is no danger. But if I say to the boy, look, the arrows are beyond you, then you must go, because the Lord has sent you away. And about the matter you and I discussed, remember... The Lord is witness between you and me forever. So David hid in the field. And when the new moon festival came, the king sat down to eat. He sat in his customary place by the wall opposite Jonathan, and Abner sat next to Saul. But David's place was empty. Saul said nothing that day, for he thought something must have happened to David to make him ceremonially unclean. Surely he is unclean. But the next day, the second day of the month, David's place was empty again. Then Saul said to his son Jonathan, Why hasn't the son of Jesse come to the meal, either yesterday or today? Jonathan answered, David earnestly asked me for permission to go to Bethlehem. He said, let me go because our family is observing a sacrifice in the town and my brother has ordered me to be there. If I have found favor in your eyes, let me get away to see my brothers. That is why he has not come to the king's table. Saul's anger flared up at Jonathan and he said to him, you son of a perverse and rebellious woman, don't I know that you have sided with the son of Jesse to your own shame, and to the shame of the mother who bore you? As long as the son of Jesse lives on this earth, neither you nor your kingdom will be established. Now send and bring him to me, for he must die. Why should he be put to death? What has he done? Jonathan asked his father. 
But Saul hurled his spear at him to kill him. Then Jonathan knew that his father intended to kill David. Jonathan got up from the table in fierce anger. On that second day of the month, he did not eat because he was grieved at his father's shameful treatment of David. In the morning, Jonathan went out to the field for his meeting with David. He had a small boy with him, and he said to the boy, Run and find the arrows I shoot. As the boy ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. When the boy came to the place where Jonathan's arrow had fallen, Jonathan called out after him, Isn't the arrow beyond you? Then he shouted, Hurry! Go quickly! Don't stop! The boy picked up the arrow and returned to his master. The boy knew nothing of all of this. Only Jonathan and David knew. Then Jonathan gave his weapons to the boy and said, Go, carry them back to town. After the boy had gone, David got up from the south side of the stone and bowed down before Jonathan three times, with his face to the ground. Then they kissed each other and wept together, but David wept the most. Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for we have sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord is witness between you and me, and between your descendants and my descendants forever. Then David left, and Jonathan went back to the town. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please pray with me. Holy One, open our eyes that we may see, our ears that we may hear, our minds so we can think and critically analyze, our hearts so we can be filled with compassion, and our hands so when we leave this place, we leave in service. Amen. I feel kind of guilty for the length of that reading, but I didn't write it. And the whole story is there. It's told again just before chapter 20 because scholars believe there were several versions of the trouble between David and Saul. It is a lengthy passage that ends with an emotional goodbye. A few weeks ago, during the lockdown, I was cruising through Facebook, scrolling through Facebook. I'm new to Facebook. I don't know what I was doing, but I was looking at different things. And I came upon this video. Apparently, there was a little girl. She was about five or six years old. She was in dance school or dance lessons and a recital was planned. She was going to dance with a bunch of other young girls. And apparently she was heartbroken because she couldn't dance. Well, there she was in the video in a beautiful dance costume, a fluffy hat, and a tutu around her waist. And beside her stood a man, her dad. He was in his dance costume, a fluffy hat, an Indiana State Trooper uniform, and a tutu around his gun belt. As the music played, the dad went through the entire dance routine with the young girl. I was so taken with this that I reposted it. And my buddy, Ruben Soto, we were patrol officers together on the Jackson Police Department. I went into higher education. Ruben went on to have a career in Jackson. Then he moved to South Haven where he was deputy chief. Ruben commented on that. He said... Of course, he's a dad, and that's what dads do. 
Well, I'll come back to that in just a minute. Now back to David and Jonathan. We know this story. If you grew up in a Christian household, you probably heard that story in Sunday school. I remember I did. And I remember the pictures that our Sunday school teachers would show us. There was a young David playing a harp, carrying a lamb, being a nice young man. Actually, almost a nice young boy. And there was his buddy Jonathan, portrayed the same way. And they had to say goodbye to one another. That makes for a great Sunday school story. There's another reality behind this story. These two men were warriors. And there was a fight for the control of the house of Israel. They were surrounded by city-states. City-states that contained warriors. We think of kings as something from the Middle Ages. The kings around the area at this time were almost tribal leaders, sometimes bandit leaders. David was one of those people, and Jonathan was to assume the throne when Saul died. There's tension. They meet together and swear friendship in the name of God. You remember the rest of the story that Ruth read, but what I would like to look at right now is to whom did they swear allegiance? In this agricultural warrior society, every town had its own protective god. Marduk was the god of Babylon. Asher was the god of Assyria. Naana was the god of Ur, and so forth. Now, the Hebrews didn't control Jerusalem at this point. That would come about seven years into David's reign. But are they looking for a tribal god, a god that simply protects the Hebrews? I wonder. Are they looking at a warrior God who goes out to fight for the Hebrews? There's biblical evidence for that. In 2 Samuel chapter 5, beginning at verse 6, David takes Jerusalem. And when you take Jerusalem, when you lay siege to a city and attack it, it is not a pretty sight. It is followed by arson, murder, looting, and all types of other things that accompany war. In 2 Samuel 22, David sings a song of praise to God. It's repeated in Psalm 18. As God is portrayed, smoke is coming from his nostrils. Fire is coming from his mouth. Arrows fall from the sky, and he slays David's enemies with bolts of lightning. 
Is that a tribal God? Does David picture him as a tribal God? That God, the divine tetragram, revealed in Exodus to Moses. We translate it, I am. It can also be translated, I will be who I will be. I don't pronounce that tetragram out of respect for Hebrew friends who do not pronounce it as a sign of respect. I use the term, the Hebrew term, Adonai, or the English equivalent, the Lord. After David takes Jerusalem and establishes his throne there, calling it Zion, I wonder if he's picturing that warrior God as one of many, and that God protects Jerusalem. David has to say goodbye to that concept if that's the way he pictures God. Just as he said goodbye to Jonathan, he must come to realize that that type of God is an expression of ego. It's an expression of self. It's a false self created in David's warrior heart. But David does say goodbye to that God. Think of the difference between Psalm 51 and the psalm of the warrior God that David is praising. He writes this after his child with Bathsheba has died. And he comes to God with a contrite heart and realizes that this little conception he had of God is too small. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast your presence from me, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. David's concept of God grows. Oh, you were bigger than I thought. That concept will grow among the Hebrews as as the prophets come and they say, God does not care about your prayers. God does not care about your services. God does not care about your sacrifices. What does God care about? The way you care for one another. The way you take care of widows and orphans and the aliens in your land. Jesus will further expand that concept with that phrase that I just love, You have heard it said of old, but I say to you. After the resurrection, Christians struggled with their image of God. 
and it would grow. In the east, it would grow with a mystical connection to realize that there's a Christ inside us that longs to be connected with a universal Christ, a Christ in God. In the West, it would come in the form of adopting Greek philosophy and incorporating God as a prime mover outside of our time and existence with Christ connecting us to that God. It would change again in the Protestant Reformation. But our concept of God was still, still too small. The conflict between East and West, deadly conflict between East and West show that. The wars of Reformation show that, too small. The concept of God changed in the 1600s in the scientific revolution. It changed again as the principles of science were applied to society during the Enlightenment in the 1700s. In the 1800s, a new type of scholarship was born in Germany called historical criticism and literary criticism, where the scriptures were examined as stories, as literature, and they became broader than anything we could imagine. It changes today in the middle of whatever kind of revolution we're in where information flows, where we can take our telescope, our most powerful telescopes, and peer out and see the beginnings of the universe 13.8 billion years ago, something David and Jonathan could not imagine. Our concept of God frequently becomes too limited. And to grow, we have to say goodbye to our limited concept of God. Step into the vast unknown and the awesome nature of this force, entity, being, that we call Adonai, the Lord. As John the Baptist said, I must grow less. He must grow more. Saying goodbye and hello are normal in Christianity. It helps us grow. Well, last week, we said goodbye to two dear friends. Mark and Lynn have been here for 15 years. They touched many lives. They certainly touched my life and the lives of my family. I'm going to miss them. And I know you're going to miss them too. They were beloved at this place. They'll be loved, by the way, at the House of Hope in St. Paul, no doubt. So we say goodbye and hello to our next adventure. 
You know something? We're going to be okay. I can promise that we're going to be okay. Why? Well, back to Reuben. A burly Indiana state police lieutenant with a tutu dances with his daughter. Reuben aptly said, he's a dad, and that's what dads do. And we're going to be okay. We're going to house the homeless like we do at IHN. We are going to feed the hungry like we do at Degaget. We are going to clothe those in need of clothing, give coats to kids who are cold in the winter. Ruth's wonderful outreach mission ensures that we're going to do that. We've given away $1.5 million in the last few years for our community and the greater Christian world. We're going to be okay. How do I know we're going to be okay and that we're going to continue to do those things? Because we are Christians. And that's what Christians do. In the name of the Creator and the Christ and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As Jonathan just reminded us, we said our goodbyes to the Barger Elliots last week. And as a way to celebrate that, we had a quartet singing. And this week, we have more celebrations with Jonathan and Ruth and us embarking in a new chapter with Mayflower. And so we have a quartet again, a male quartet, which you've heard twice already. And their third song now... Um, is written by Giuseppe Pitoni, uh, who was an active organist and composer in Rome in the beginning of the 18th century. He sets one of the psalm texts, Cantate Domino, Sing to the Lord a New Song. And I want to say a word also about today's postlude, which was picked to go along with our opening hymn, our God, our help in ages past. It's set to the hymn tune Saint Anne, and this fugue by Bach is nicknamed Saint Anne because that first theme sounds exactly like the hymn tune. We don't know if Bach knew this English tune or not, but it certainly sounds like he's quoting it. And he writes this magnificent triple fugue, beginning with the first theme in slow notes, this uh, theme that you will recognize as the hymn. And then he goes into a second fugue with running, flowing eighth notes. And then a third theme in a, a jig in 12-8. And during that third fugue, he combines all three in a way that only the master contrapuntal writer can do. And by, he writes this magnificent piece, which reminds me of the text of this opening hymn. 
And I will read uh, the first paragraph of Ruth's opening prayer based on this hymn. O God, you are our help, and you have been for ages past. You are our hope for years to come. You are our blessing and provision today and this moment. A wonderful reminder to all of us during this time of transition that we, Mayflower, will be okay. We are enormously grateful for the generosity of our congregation. We are certainly living in unusual times, and we thank God for the provision and goodness that has been bestowed on us. As we prepare this morning for our offering, please note that there are many ways for you to give to the ministry of Mayflower. You are welcome to mail gifts to the church or drop them in a special mailbox located under the portico. On our church website, you will find a support page with options including credit card and PayPal, as well as a donate button. And you can always text to give right from your phone using the number 616-344-6255. Thank you for giving and participating in the ongoing blessing and ministry of this church. generous with us so that we can in turn also be generous. We dedicate the gifts 
tithes and offerings given to Mayflower to be used for your glory. Amen. for our congregational prayer. Please join me as we lift our hearts together. Precious God, I learned this week that Congregationalists were critical to the revolution that birthed our country. We can say that we are revolution starters. As we celebrate our nation this weekend, This is interesting to ponder. What kind of revolution is needed today? God, what kind of revolution reflects your heart? Certainly one of love, one of grace, and one of peace. As we read and watch the news, our hearts can get so heavy with the bad reports. We pray today for the nations of the world and the conflicts all over the globe that cost people their lives and livelihoods. We pray for a revolution of peace. We pray against the virus that has rocked our world and the death toll that continues to mount. We pray for wisdom and clarity, health and safety. We pray for treatment and a vaccine. We pray for a revolution of grace. Lord, we also acknowledge the strife and division in our country. This can bleed into strife and division in our state, our city, and in our own friend and family circles. Help us to be the kind of people who build bridges and preserve relationships. Help us to be focused on you and your ways. We pray for a revolution of love. In the silence, Lord, hear our prayers for holy revolution. O Lord, our prayers arise unto you. O Spirit of the Lord, draw near, dwell within our hearts, we pray. O Lord, 
prayers arise unto you. Help us to be the kind of people who build bridges and strengthen relationships. Dwell within our hearts, we Holy One, we as a church family lift up our community. We are in a season of change, and this is both exciting and challenging. Please be with us. Sit with us in this space. Help us to have an expanding view of God, an expanding view of you. Help us to say goodbye and hello well. As we make this transition, give us a vision for the future, one in which you are at the center. Let this vision be inspired and inspiring to our congregation. We pray that we are a blessing to each other and those around us, and that your spirit guides us in all that we do. In the silence, Lord, please hear our prayers for Mayflower. Arise unto you, O Spirit of the Lord, draw near, dwell within our hearts, we pray. O Lord, our prayers arise unto you. We pray that we are a blessing to each other and that your spirit guides us in all that we do. Dwell within our hearts, we Lord, thank you that we can give both our praise to you and we can lift our burdens to you. We praise you for the births of grandchildren in our congregation. We praise you for the celebrations of life, birthdays and anniversaries marked this week. We praise you for the new jobs, new opportunities, and good news that came to many of us. Thank you. We also pray this morning for those in our church who grieve and struggle. We pray for the family and friends of Thora White. We celebrate her life and mourn her death. Today we lift up those in hospice care, those in treatment, those who feel despondent in these trying times, and those who are caring for loved ones. Lord, be their comfort and solace. Let your joy and peace infiltrate the pain. May your light break through any darkness. 
It is in your light and glory that we pray together this morning the prayer you taught your disciples. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Children of God, we say goodbye to the old and hello to the new. We say goodbye to ego. We say goodbye to our attachment to things. We say goodbye to a false self so that we grow into our true selves. We say goodbye so that we may grow less and the Christ in us may grow more. Go from this place in peace. In the name of the Creator, the Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.